1: Well, it's alright. Riding around in
0: the breeze. Well, it's alright. If you live the life you please, well, it's alright.
1: Welcome to the Outer Limits of Mid-Autooth Radio Show. OuterLimitsRadio.com. I'm your host, Ryan. Welcoming back to the program is Miss Nancy Dannison, Phenomenal author. I love her so much. She's so sweet. And she's a rebel, even if she doesn't realize it. Her story is re- helping out millions of people, taking away their fear, and re- helping them remember who they are. Our focus of tonight will be Miss Dannison's experience when she died, merged in with Source, came back to her body, and some of her insights that she found and learned when she was dead about organized religion. I found there are a lot of things in there that are probably shatter your mind and dispel a lot of beliefs I don't know what your perspective on organized religion is, but mine is that I feel it is a metastasizing cancer on human intellect and human progress. I've got nothing against anyone who worships whatever you want to do. That's what you want to do. I just find a lot of the ideas and values that are being perpetuated in organized religion to be very negative and very disempowering. This idea that you should feel guilt And you should be ashamed of your body. And the idea that you need to seek forgiveness in another human being. And another human being has got power over you. And this idea that in church, you've got to wake up on a Sunday in a suit and tie and go worship in a church. If I was a God, the God that they refer to, I would never do that. I would never let people wake up in the morning and say, you sleep in. You need the rest. You work hard. You play with your kids one point, once upon a time, a long, long time ago, in a galaxy far away, I was a devout Catholic. I was – seriously, I was really into it. And then uh, something happened where I was like, you know what? This is not, not going to work anymore. I, and my curiosity outgrew whatever was in the church. And, and it put a real strain on my relationship with my mom. I love my mom so much. But she thinks that there's something wrong with me. She thinks like the devil has got a, a grip on my soul and that's why I don't go to church. It has nothing to do with the intellectual stuff or the other stuff we've covered, but she thinks that there's something wrong. Maybe some of you out there feel the same way. Maybe some of you out there have family members that think you're crazy because you ask questions or you seek and seek wisdom and continue to seek answers that the church or any organized religion whatsoever will never give a full answer to. The Outer Limits of Intertooth Radio Show proudly presents round two of a series of introspective interviews with Miss Nancy Dannison. Welcome back to the program. Is the lovely, the talented, the incredible author Miss Nancy Dannison, spiritual author. She's author of four different books. One of them is Backwards Beliefs, revealing eternal truths hidden in religion, answers from the afterlife, Backwards Guidebook, and she's got a new book coming up pretty soon called We Are Creators, Powerful Beyond the Law of Attraction. Learn more about Miss Dannison by going to her website at backwardsbooks.com.
0: Welcome back to the program, Miss Dannison. Well, I'm happy
1: to be here. Thank you. So, if you haven't been uh, listening to the radio lately, Miss Anderson is uh, now a star on the Coast to Coast Radio shows, doing that, and uh, she's heard <laughs> all over. So, welcome to first-time listeners to the program, Miss Dennison. Your death experience and return into the physical body—I think it's one of the most profound in recorded history. Start right away from your perspective when you died and you merged in with these being you would call source, that we are all a part of, what were two or three of the most profound lessons or insights you gained into organized religion the way humans see it?
0: I was shown an actual like documentary movie about religion and how it evolved and developed in, among humans. And the things that most struck me were that – source has sent many messengers, but none of them were religious leaders. Really? Uh, And that Gene Roddenberry was one of those messengers. I thought that was pretty cool. That's (laughs) pretty awesome. Uh, Yeah. Who's some of the other messengers? He was the only one I can remember. Okay. Um, And that um, the character of Jesus Christ in the Bible is a composite of the lives of a lot of different people. And also the lives of Gods that were, you know, in vogue in that same time period in history.
1: Jeez, you know, if somebody's listening and they're devout Catholic, they're probably going to, be, it's probably going to be hard to process. Why was there? You're saying that there's no real life accountability. So Jesus, the person, never existed.
0: Not as one individual, no. Okay. Right. But the concept, you know, the, the church that Paul the Apostle created and the concepts of Christianity are all valid. Excellent.
1: You know, there's some aspects about Jesus' life when they say he goes in and he, dest- he destroys the temple, he throws out the money changes, and he shows these great acts of compassion. I'm surprised that these lessons are being conveyed through this historical figure known as Jesus – in a system of control through the religious process, is that purposely done in order for you to in order for people not to question the religion itself? Do they need to put some aspects or some kernels of alleged wisdom in order to keep people pacified within the religion?
0: I really don't know. Okay. I know that um, like. Most everything in life, religion, was something that developed over time and has been crafted by many, many different hands and different beliefs and different ideas, most of which are human in origin. And humans do tend to want to control people
1: did you ever sense or feel or experience the notion that religion is something that is actually being perpetuated upon humanity by a species that's not human that is being utilized no. By, okay
0: no not at all it okay. was all very clear, in this documentary is very clear that it was all human in origin composed of little kernels of truth that you know we souls inside humans can remember despite the amnesia incarnation but then mostly it's superstition and fear and myth- cultural mythology so, of human origin.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Such a compilation of all these things. Though. I read in your, your book, you talked about how prior to your experience that you were you, you raised Catholic. And when you started realizing and having these visions of seeing this uh, that Catholicism wasn't what you thought it was, what was your reaction to it? Were you angry? Were you, were, did you experience a array of emotions?
0: I was very angry, and I felt like I'd been betrayed by all of my educators and my parents and my church, and I felt like I was hurt that they thought I couldn't be trusted with the truth, because I assumed that they knew the truth. They just did it from me, but that isn't really the case.
1: Okay. and. If you're looking at when souls come into this reality, do you think that in some ways that religion can protect them? Can if, Do you think that if people remembered where they came from right away, that it would be very difficult for them to adjust to the earth experience and to adjust to being a human with, by having this remembering?
0: I've given that a lot of thought since I've been back in my body. And the only basis on which I can draw a conclusion is my own experience. And that is now that I'm back in the body, even though I know all of this information that I learned in the afterlife, and even though I know exactly what creation is all about and who we are and why we were created and what the purpose of life is, when I'm in this body, I still think and feel like a human. The, Amnesia is so strong that I don't think very many people would have the ability to remember enough about the truth to really impact how they live as a human.
1: Okay, and does that make sense? Yes, it does make sense. And I remember also reading the beginning of the book that yes, some of the amnesia, of my understanding is that it's caused because the soul enters a dense physical body and is it because that the matter, the wisdom cannot sustain itself within a physical body? Is that why we have the amnesia? Does that have anything to do with it?
0: Yeah, the amnesia is built into the incarnation process um, intentionally. Source wanted to make the experience of physical life seem totally real and the only way to do that was to forget or give itself amnesia about who who it really is and and what it's really doing. But then also, like I experienced when I came back into my body, you know, as I was coming back from the afterlife, back toward my body, I still had like zillions of pieces of information in my memory. But as I got into the body, I could feel it slipping away and slipping away and slipping away because of the density of the physical matter. It's just I I don't know if it's vibration or what it is, but inside these bodies, we're just not able to retain that much knowledge.
1: As far as your experience, did you ever sense or gauge what happens to people who – do the suicide bombings in the name of religion? I mean, there are people who kill in the name of religion. They were doing it and they, you know, they, to the glory of God. Does something happen to them? Do they realize the error of their ways? Do they go someplace and kind of experience all the pain and suffering that they cause? Are they shown the truth of what source is eventually?
0: Based on what I learned in the afterlife and yeah. what I also experienced myself, we all regardless of what our human bodies may have done during their lifetimes, we, the souls inside, all automatically go into what we call the afterlife. Okay. And we go through a transition process from thinking and feeling and perceiving like a human to back to our natural state as thinking and feeling and perceiving as a spiritual entity. Part of that process is a life review in which we relive every single moment of the life the physical life we just left including all the sensory data that was taken in and we can experience and feel deeply all the repercussions of all of our actions on other people so a suicide bomber or a murderer or somebody who kills a lot of people will feel all those people's terror death sorrow pain all the sorrow and terror and pain of their loved ones and the country they lived in and, you know, everybody associated with them. It will be as though the person having the life review was the person who was killed. It will be oh. that intense. Oh, so there is But other, other than that, there's, there's no punishment per se because it's the human body doing these things, not the soul.
1: And if a person apologizes, make a, makes a profuse apology for harming another person, and that other person grants them forgiveness, is that person who committed the negative act, are they still going to re-experience that pain and suffering that they caused the other person in uh, during their life review, despite the fact that they've sought forgiveness and have been forgiven?
0: Yes, but they will also experience the apology and the repercussion of of that and the forgiveness from the other person
1: okay and if you hold a grudge against a person does that bind you to other lifetimes going forward will you be attached or have some kind of tie to that person even if you don't want to associate them with them but because you have a negative feeling towards them are you bound like in a karmic tie for another lifetime until you resolve and make peace with the matter no okay
0: that's, that's a common misunderstanding of the reincarnation process. Um, most people who talk about it, write about it, are really using their human way of thinking to express what it's all about. And that's where the idea of karma came up. Okay. Humans seek revenge. They want punishment. They want other people to suffer when they've been injured. And so they have created this spiritual or religious concept of karma um, around those human emotions, and they've come up with this idea that we have to right each wrong in another lifetime. While I was in the afterlife, I was given extensive knowledge about the purpose of of life, why Source created us, and how we go about choosing what kind of a physical lifetime we will have and it's not you know it's not humans i mean that's just one tiny tiny little piece Mm. of the options that we have as being in a human body but let's just take humans so if we decide we want to come into a human animal and share its life we will choose a theme or a, a, a an aspect of human life that's unique to humans that we want to experience it won't be a job or a marriage or something to do with another human being in another life. It won't have anything to do with any of those things. It'll be a theme like, oh, let's say humans are the only creatures that experience greed. And so we may want to study greed. Or let's say humans may be the only creatures who experience revenge. So we may want to study revenge. We're looking for knowledge about a particular aspect of physical life. Not anything that had to do with any other lifetime that we lived or somebody else lived.
1: When you were in Source and you saw all these other lifetimes you had lived, did you come across any other type of species that was comparable to human being, a species that presented itself or thought itself to be intelligent? Did you see a super a version of humans that maybe had super Strength that were maybe nine feet tall, that were more sensitive, that were more violent, that could even be more compassionate. I'm just curious where human beings stand in the rankings of all the other lifetimes that you experienced.
0: The only thing I remember is I do remember life, physical lifetimes where I did things that were like some of the things that humans do. Like I can remember being a, a creature from another planet that flew a space shuttle between planets and like spaceports out in space um, but mostly what I observed when I remembered all the other physical lives that I had lived was that they're all just so different and that humans were on the end of the scale toward the primitive beings Okay. and I know okay. humans think that they're highly intelligent and, and, you know, masters of the universe. But, in fact, they're, they're pretty wild and untamed and primitive in comparison to a lot of other species in the universe. And that's why we like to come here, because it's, it's like, you know, going to the wild, wild west or going to, you know, <laughs> this amazing adventure, because it's just so different than what we're like in our spiritual state.
1: So when people come in, is, is there a steady progression? Because I'm thinking, like, as it, from a human perspective, I imagine, that, okay, well, they think, okay, grade one, you go to grade two, then grade three. Is there a, a steady progression as far as species that you can incarnate to that are more evolved and have more frequencies? Or can you basically reincarnate at any species at any time, kind of like a roulette wheel? You can incarnate
0: into anything in the universe it doesn't have to be a creature or a species it can be plant animal inanimate object gas anything i had lifetimes i can remember had a lifetime as a nebula um and there's no progression humans see progression because they are creatures of linear time when we're outside of these human bodies there's no longer a time frame so and there's no longer the idea of evolution I mean we're all equally part of source you can't get any higher in evolution than that and so this idea of progressing from one species to another just doesn't apply
1: okay and in your books you've talked about I'm I, sorry I forget that. I always get these words wrong it's called the epo, epoch epoch what is it
0: ep- it was ep- pronounced epic in the afterlife but I've been <laughs> told it actually pronounced epic in <laughs> human <laughs> life
1: so in your experience, you, apparently there are three epics that – and each one of these epics will, will take out a ton of human beings. So I guess the first one, humans were on Earth, and they seem to be very much in their animal instincts. And then this first epic comes, boom, takes out a ton of people. And I think when I remember reading that, humans start regenerating faster because what source sends more spiritual energy into the humans. So the humans more is more infused with the spiritual type energy. And then it seems that that's happening. Are we – are we in the second epic? Epic. I mean, has the second epic happened by chance?
0: Yes, we are in the second epic right now.
1: Okay, so what happens after the second one happens? What's what's the the downfall? Because I remember reading, is it um It said it wasn't nuclear war, but it was, humans destroy themselves? No. They destroy the environment, or something.
0: What I saw was a timeline of three epics. We are on the second one, which. To the best of my recollection, was the longest one. You know, like I, when I was seeing this history of Earth, there was like a PowerPoint graphic up at the top showing a timeline, but I wasn't paying <laughs> that much attention to it. Um, so it's a so PowerPoint. It's so cool. Oh, I think it's something like PowerPoint, yeah. <laughs> much faster. But um, I saw that there was a third epic, and that's where towards the end of the second epic, Eventually we'll move into the third epic because I wasn't paying attention to the timeline. I don't know when that occurs, but my best recollection. When I got back into the body, I wrote down get out of stock market by, I think it was February 3rd, 2013. Because one of the things I saw in the transition from the second to the third epic was the collapse of the financial system. And so that was the date that I thought was important. Well, obviously it wasn't, (laughs) but, um,
1: that's incredible. So that, but the.
0: Oh, oh, so what I saw happening um, in this transition time between the epics was, you know, huge natural disasters, you know, tsunamis, volcanic eruptions, floods, you know, climatic changes, a huge number of diseases that were previously unknown, such as you know, the diseases that have been mutating from animals to humans and a financial collapse and global landmass changes and the third epic would have far fewer people in it and so it would be easier basically for them to get along. And the people that would be still on Earth would be the ones who chose to stay in order to rebuild society. And therefore, they were more inclined to be cooperative and community-oriented.
1: Okay. And when you were talking about, I guess, that between the first epoch and the second epoch, that these human beings got an influx of infusion, sorry, influx or infusion of spiritual matter, or they were more inclined to, to have a spiritual sense, more connected to spirit. Are the people on the third epic, are they going to be twice as much inclined to be spiritual? Are we going to see the, that uh, vision of humanity that I guess some people talk about where they say, well, yeah, we're at a higher vibration. It's love and compassion. It's this like, dreamlike reality that most people have been dreaming about, especially if you're talking about to new age
0: people. You mean utopia? Yeah, like the utopia. Um, love
1: everyone. Everything's th- cool. Evil. Evil was such a thing of the past. We don't, No more evil. We're past that. We, we evolved past that and no, that kind of stuff.
0: Well, I, I saw a much kinder, gentler earth, you know, people on earth being more cooperative and more helpful for, toward each other, but they were still in human bodies and human nature hadn't changed. So, you know, I, to tell you the truth, Ryan, I didn't pay that much attention to the future because I wasn't going to be there. <laughs> You know, I mean, I, I knew I was back in the afterlife, and I was done with done. Incarnation. And, and, you know, I didn't care what was going to happen on Earth in the future.
1: Well, you know, I've got a burning question. I think most people uh, want to know this because they're, maybe they're going to decide if they're going to come back to the third epic. We need to know, Miss Denniston, are the Kardashians on Earth then? Because if they are, forget about it. Not coming back. <laughs> Can't, handle Can't handle it. No more. <laughs> They've been around too long. <laughs>
0: I think they're definitely a second epic phenomenon.
1: All right. Thank goodness. Woo. All right. Coming back. We're all going to come back now. That's good. We just recruited 5,000 people coming back for the third epic. <laughs> Since this whole thing happened, how has your life changed? I mean, are you able to manifest things differently now if you're thinking, uh, if you have a thought and you, you want to put your focus and attention to something? Are you finding that you're able to manifest your dreams and reality uh, much Quicker because of your experience and dying and coming back
0: sometimes but not often enough to make me happy <laughs> but I can tell you that my life has changed dramatically because of the upheaval in my religious beliefs I mean you know everything I believed about life was completely torn away from me while I was in the afterlife it's hard to bounce back from that and I, so it,
1: I'm sorry. go
0: Good. no I'm sorry so it It changed my life in that I left the security and comfort and money of my big law firm and went out on my own as a solo practitioner of the law and I spent about seven years just trying to heal from the trauma of dying and heal from the trauma of having everything I believed destroyed and replaced with concepts that were very foreign to me and so I'm constantly amazed when people read my books and they go, "Oh yeah, that resonated with me. That's exactly what I thought." Because it wasn't anything like what I thought. It took me, it's like I say, it took me seven years to get used to it. Here's people oh. reading my book, and all of a sudden they're on they're board. They're resonating
1: with
0: it. I'm, I, I'm just so impressed with them
1: that's awesome and I'm just curious like even though you had a beautiful experience and you had this you know incredible uh, wealth of knowledge coming into you did you feel that you had post-traumatic stress disorder were you seeing some kind of counseling in order to process what you experienced and if so I mean how do you talk to someone about something that you know very few of any people on earth have ever experienced before have to come back
0: um, I don't I didn't have PTSD but like I said I was I was traumatized. I spent the first two years after I got back in my body just wishing I would die so I could go home. I wasn't depressed and I wasn't suicidal. I just wanted to go back home. And I was so, so fortunate to find an organization called the International Association for Near Death Studies, which is an academic group and it's also a support group. And I... There was a local chapter in my town, and I started going to their meetings, and that helped me process the experience because there were other people there who had had similar experiences, and we were able to talk about them, and they knew what I was talking about. <laughs> wow. So it's it just like having a, a support group for grief or, or, you know, anything else. It was a wonderful resource, and I highly recommend it. That's
1: great. And yeah, we'll, we'll post a link on it, let people know where they can find more information. We've talked a, on a program about uh, vibration, the idea that if a person is oscillating at a certain energy frequency, they're going to pull into their experience uh, certain positives, certain negative things. I think we touched upon it in our previous interview, but... In your perspective, did you ever sense or see human beings as having certain vibrations? Where if they held a certain amount of frequency in their heart, if they were compassionate, they would pull compassion. If they were evil or dark, they would pull stereotype type of experiences into them. Is there, is there is our lives are our lives random or are they kind of planned based on where our frequency is in our hearts and our minds? Okay, that's
0: a lot of questions in one. It is a. I learned that it is a human myth. The law of attraction is a human myth. the The word vibration is used for a lot of different things because we don't have a huge vocabulary for you know spiritual type topics. And so when I was in the afterlife, I did learn that every piece of physical matter, which would include humans, has an energy signature and to me energy signature is a better descriptor than vibration and energy signature does not change you know you can't when if you're in a human and the human has an energy signature you can't increase it you can't decrease it you can't speed it up it's just assigned to that piece of physical matter just like with a table you know the the molecules in the table have an energy signature and they can't be increased so that the tables turned into something different you know the old alchemists of you know centuries ago tried to turn lead into gold and it just doesn't work <laughs> so no our lives are are not planned based upon an energy signature and no we do not pull positives or negatives into ourselves based on energy signatures
1: got it so why do certain things happen there's always this expression why do bad things happen to good people and why do good things happen to bad people is there is there a reason for that is it just part of their plan for what they they, they were determined to, to learn before they, they came in
0: well jeez i was hoping you were going to tell me why bad oh. things happen to good people <laughs>
1: Oh, I don't know. Um. I don't know. I mean, it's just, you know, I, I always say this expression. Billy Joel made this great song called Only the Good Die Young. And I'm like, it's so true. It seems like all these people that are cool, they're always dying. Like, why are more like, evil people getting off the planet? Why is it always good people? Why is it always fun, loving, good people? They're always going. What about these people that are starting the wars? When, when are they going to go? I don't know.
0: Well, okay, seriously, an answer to why do bad yeah. things happen to good people, most of it is because that's just human life. Okay. Humans are violent. They are selfish. They are self-centered. They are revengeful. You know, they have a lot of character traits that make life very difficult for other people and for themselves. And part of it, like diseases and illnesses and pains and all that, is biology. And I was taught in the in the afterlife that. Humans were designed to self-heal, but the problem is addictions and bad habits get in the way of our healing. So some of it's, you know, the choices that we make in life. And some of it is we have agreed with another soul in the afterlife that we will be the recipient of their bad behavior this time. And maybe in another life, they'll be the recipient of our bad behavior
1: can we, can we, we make
0: that? these
1: deals? Can we, can we break sorry? that away? Can we, can we make a conscious decision to break that arrangement? And say, listen, no, it's not going to work. It's a, uh, hey.
0: I don't know, but I've tried. <laughs> I've tried pr- praying to you know other beings in the afterlife that are my loved ones that i may have incarnated with and said, hey, listen, you know, let's make a new deal. This one is not <laughs> working out for me. <laughs>
1: oh my goodness! So
0: I'll let you know if it works. But I, I hope so. so
1: okay if we're all creations from source we are all energies and frequencies in source how come human beings don't have the capability of becoming superhuman why don't we have the capability of spontaneously growing wings I mean do we have the capability if we it enough to change our DNA to actually become superhuman or is that something that is just within our minds are there others or is that something that we can experience in another body or another life incarnation
0: that's wishful thinking okay As I said before, you know, physical matter, each type of physical matter was created to be what it is. It's not going to change into something else, no matter how hard we try. Now, humans evolve through changes in DNA. And I saw, while I was in the afterlife... The evolution of humans from lower life forms and no I don't remember what they were <laughs> I wish yeah. I did but I don't remember but human animals did evolve mm. from lower life forms but I saw the entire history of planet Earth and and the future of the planet and I did not see humans evolving into anything more than what they are right now there is I did see that there is a third species of humans on earth at this point in time you can only tell who they are by dna and their dna might just be like 0.001 percent different from everybody else you know i don't know what the percentage is i'm just making that up but you can you can tell by looking around that these people don't look any different from anybody else
1: so what do they have going that's different are they intuitive do they have the capability of using telekinesis i've tried telekinesis, by the way it does not work at least so far
0: I did not see that they had any ability any different from anybody else.
1: Okay. So what makes them unique?
0: Just that their DNA is a little bit different. Okay. You know, there's only 4% difference in DNA between us and a chimpanzee, I think. So it's, you know, these DNA changes are minuscule.
1: Uh, maybe it's something I'll never be able to, to evolve past or get through my life. I can't figure out why human beings can be so cruel to animals. I mean, I don't care about other humans. I can't I mean, either. It's just, yeah. It's just disturbing. I told my wife, I said, I can, eat, I can eat human beings. He said, there is a fast food store that you humans. I have no problem eating humans. I don't want to eat animals. I love animals. They're beautiful. Humans.
0: Remind me not to go to a fast food store with you. <laughs>
1: <laughs> what are we eating? Ah, we, we're going to have some Caucasian. <laughs> oh, my, oh, my goodness. Maybe I, maybe I'm the one that needs to see the psychologist, but um. there's this really cool show. I we've talked we've had a gentleman named David Wilcock on a program before. Ancient Aliens. I, I, I love the show. Fascinating. Talks about how human beings may have had interactions with aliens in the past, and they show that there are certain pyramids that are identical in their shape, size, and scope all over the Earth. Did you ever get any kind of insight that human beings have worked with other species before? Or is that something that is a mere strange coincidence?
0: I was totally fascinated with aliens before I died. Okay. And I I still watch all those ancient alien shows, and I love them, and I believe a lot of them. Okay. But the only thing that I saw in the afterlife, well, there were two things I remember seeing during that documentary of, you know, the entire history of Earth. One was that ancient... Oh, temples and buildings and, you know, things like the pyramids, not not the pyramids per se, but like stonehenge, you know, ancient landmarks like that were built in order to capture the rays of the sun at a particular time in the solar year and funnel them into that structure. And people thought that by doing that, they were able to absorb the energies from the sun god Ra, and that they would get blessings and things that way the other thing that i saw was that there are places on earth that are like like landing strips or landing beacons for spaceships now i did not i did not see any evidence the aliens have been on Earth, but I got this one little piece of information, and I don't know what to do with it, but there it is.
1: Okay. So that's curious. And I've also seen the shows where they said that apparently they were building uh, certain structures based on a place because there was a, as an energy grid or there was an energy flow coming through. I'm always wondering, I mean, human beings say today, well, you know, the, the ancient peoples, they lived in huts and they weren't that evolved. I'm, always, I'm wondering if they were more evolved in some aspects, that they did have some insights and uh, ability to manifest reality that we have not yet discovered. I mean, the idea that right now we're coming up with 3D printing and we're able to transmit information through the sky, through computers. I'm wondering if that is that, that was capable or human beings were capable of doing similar type things thousands of years ago. Does that ever come across your, uh, your field?
0: Well, what I saw was that the first species of humans that existed before the, the major cataclysms that changed the, the surface of the earth and eventually resulted in the dinosaurs dying. So it's that time frame. What I saw was that humans were... Very highly evolved, and they were skilled in things like mathematics and astronomy and um, the arts and other sciences, but nothing like what we have today. Okay.
1: And were they also at war? Were they also treating each other poorly and harming the the earth? Were they kind of you know nicer?
0: I I don't remember.
1: Okay. You know the. I love reading the story or watching the specials about dinosaurs. They are on Earth 65 million years, and the comet came and wiped them out. Is there anything that the dinosaurs particularly did that made Source say, "You know what? That's it. You're done. You made you rubbed me the wrong way. I woke up. That's it. I'm done. I had it with you." Just,
0: no, no, and Source wouldn't do that with respect to any of its manifestations. What I saw was that the dinosaurs were suffered. Extinction as a result of climatic and physical changes in the Earth, not any comet coming down and hitting them.
1: Okay, but did the comet- or anything
0: the source decided you know it was going to do away with dinosaurs?
1: Does you know sometimes human beings they set up dominoes, and then they set them all up and it's all nice and pretty, and they knock them down. Does source do that at all? Because I'm, I'm wondering if if we are part of source and source has created us. And our thoughts are manifested because we are part of Source. I mean, Does Source think the way humans do? Does Source have any um, you know, direction or actions that are human-like at all?
0: Source does not think anything like humans do.
1: Okay.
0: We souls that are p- part of Source's self-awareness that are inside humans do share uh, various character traits with Source. We could have Um, curiosity, creativity, um, the ability to love unconditionally. Each of us has been uniquely designed by Source to have a combination of character traits that are innate to Source and character traits that Source itself does not have but can only imagine.
1: I think we touched upon this uh, one of the last times we talked, but if we're looking at a soul's evolution, or you know, let's say, say we're already there, but it's having all these different lifetimes. It's evolving as a human, as a fish, as a dog, and, and it's taking on all these other forms. Do you think that source in one way could be grooming us in order to be buddies eventually? I mean, eventually after we go through all these different lifetimes, that we'll, our, we, ourselves, we'll be our own source, we'll be our, our source, so the source could have some buddies to hang out with?
0: Do you think your dream characters are... Grooming you, to, or do you, are you grooming your dream characters to be buddies to exist outside your mind? You and, know what? I wouldn't and, mind. I think I've got some cool <laughs> dream characters.
1: Yeah, I think my dream characters are much cooler than most people. But
0: but no, we are, we are mere thoughts in Source's mind. We we can't be anything other than thoughts.
1: When a person sits down and they pray and they said, oh, God, you know, please help me. And they they ask for a miracle. Should you not pray to God? Should you pray to source and pull uh, source's energy, attention to you? Is that is that a more effective means of, you know, channeling the the end-all, be-all of the universe? Or, help, or asking you for help?
0: What I learned in the afterlife is that those concepts are all of human origin because humans believe in being supplicants to a power greater than itself that exists outside of itself. That structure does not exist. We, there's one source, one consciousness, one mind. We are all characters within that mind. Therefore, when we pray to Source, we're basically just praying to ourselves or the rest of the characters within Source's mind. We, and we don't really need to pray to get what we want. We can, we each have the ability to personally manifest what is right and proper for our own lives. But what I do believe in and, and find to be effective is we can ask the people in the afterlife who love us to send us energy and intentions to help us manifest okay
1: so are these people that are friends deceased ones are there other spirit guys that are that could be with us we haven't seen i mean do we have that by the way do we I mean, you said remember you said that you had had some some friends and spirit guys but are there do people have spirit guides? Most likely that they have never met before in, in physical life.
0: I saw no evidence of spirit guides in the okay. afterlife.
1: Okay, it's interesting. See, this is what's cool. I, that's why I love talking to you because I feel like we. we I believed
0: in them too. Before I died, I believed in them. Yeah, I was taught I had a guardian angel. Yeah, but in fa- in fact, we all have the ability to access all of universal knowledge. And get answers ourselves. We all have the ability to manifest physical reality and achieve what we want ourselves. There isn't really need for an outside source because we are all inside source. We are the only power there is.
1: Got it. And if a person dies and they're very close to someone, can that person decide to hang around the the, the person in human form? For a little while for the rest of their life and then go to source because knowing that you know they're eternal that they can that there's infinite time there's no time to wait so can a person they're speaking have you know some relatives that are hanging around them kind of watching over them
0: I don't know okay. I know that I can from time to time feel my parents around me and I've heard many many stories in fact I just did a newsletter article yesterday about a, a guy who felt a spiritual hug from his grandmother. so there's definitely a way to communicate but I did not see any evidence of any soul leaving a human body and hanging around on earth.
1: Got it And remember reading in your book backwards oh, by the way I just want to give everyone a quick uh, reminder that Miss Dannison's website is backwardsbooks.com. And the status in your book, Backwards Beliefs, Revealing Eternal Truths, Hidden in Religion. I specifically remember you talking about the idea that you can put the human to sleep for a little while by doing a meditation. What does meditation do? Does that allow you to access or open a line of communication from you directly to the source, pull in more you know, spiritual energy and what, have greater control over your human body and mind?
0: My When I use the word meditation, what I'm talking about is stopping the flow of chatter that we hear in our minds all the time and stepping back and observing the human mind. And you can do that by making your mind a total blank. And then when a, a thought comes in, you know you're the one stepped back there looking at the mind and you're seeing the thought come in so you know that's a human thought not your thought so meditation to me is whatever helps you get into that observer position that stepping back and observing the human mind observing human life from an objective standpoint and once you get detached from human emotions and human thinking that way it is much easier to utilize our, our innate spiritual powers
1: Okay. Wow. So is it the less human you are, the less human you feel, the more capable you are, maybe able to increase your ability to attain wisdom or even manifest? Yes. Okay. love reading a book called The Tao Te Ching and talks about being in the flow. I love the way it talks about water. So water can go anywhere. It can go to any level. And it also talks about the idea of non-interference. If you talk to a sage and you ask him how he's feeling, he doesn't say I'm doing good or bad. He just he just says I'm, I am. It talks about the present moment. When you think about the Tao, are there any? Is that something that would be? I don't know. Something positive that would put you closer to um, the idea of what Source is. Are there any types of philosophies that have come about in human humanity that can put you on a path towards rediscovering Source?
0: Not that I know of, okay. but I do not have an extensive knowledge of human spiritual literature. Got it. So I wouldn't, I wouldn't take me as an authority on
1: that. Right. No, your experience. You know, you died. You saw everything. You saw the creation of the universe, destruction of the universe. And I'm sure that when you go to the movies right now. It's probably like, oh my God. You know, you you have no idea what special effects are until you've lived what I have done. What I've done. Are you are you bored at all at some point with the with the human manifestations of TV movies, knowing what you've seen, knowing what you've experienced?
0: No, no. Like I, like I say, it's even though I know it's not real, it still feels incredibly real to me. And even though I know it's not real, most of life isn't important. It it still feels really important to me. You know, it's just the effect of being inside a human body. And I, I don't, think we can escape it except for brief moments during meditation but no I I find human life completely fascinating
1: that's interesting and are there any types of let's say teachers or music or anything that created by human that will elevate your mood that will put you in a place of of greater peace
0: oh music for sure (laughs) you know that's um, music is a innate character trait of source it's not a human trait the human adds the physical dexterity to the equation but the concept of music and creativity music and art both can elevate our moods and make us feel more connected to our spiritual self and beauty beauty of any type it might be the beauty of a sunset it might be the beauty of an ocean it might be the beauty of someone's face beauty is something else that I was told helps us connect to our true nature because beauty is an innate part of source. And love, feeling love from someone or for someone can put us more in touch with our spiritual selves.
1: Is that the, one of the main reasons why we're here is to love other people or is it just to experience all aspects of human life, just to be in the physical form?
0: You, um loving other people is not a feature uh, or purpose of human life. Okay. When we're in spiritual form, when we're source, we have unconditional love. Humans have conditional love. Okay. So, so we may want to experience, you know, that might be the theme that we pick, is to experience the conditional love of, you know, human life. Um, but we're not going to learn anything about unconditional love in human life. We're just going to learn the limitations that, that humans have because of their innate nature as manifested creatures.
1: <laughs> Got it. And uh, I love the part of your book talking about backwards beliefs, re- revealing eternal truths hidden in religion. I love that you talked about how the universe actually ends you please visually describe what you remember of how the universe ends, how humanity just well, – goodbye.
0: Well, humanity ends way longer before the universe does. Okay. And I don't, I don't <laughs> remember how. I just remember when I was watching the destruction of Earth, mm-hmm. I said to myself, oh, it goes the same way Mars did. <laughs> so whatever happened to Mars is going to happen to Earth according to the future that I saw while I was in the afterlife. The universe I saw, when I saw creation, I saw the source sent out, for lack of a better word, mentally expelled energy that then evolved into the physical universe. But that that energy is now on the backswing and it is boomeranging back to source.
1: So expelled co- energy—is that just a bunch of bad thoughts? He's like, no, I don't want. So it's like, no, nope, I don't want this anymore. Boom, bye.
0: Not expelled in the in the sense of you want to get rid of it. Okay. It was more in the sense of how, like, when you take a test or you do something that requires a lot of concentration, you're expelling or expending mental energy doing that. You can even feel tired or hungry after you've been thinking hard for a, for a while. It's that kind of expelling or
1: expending energy got it so the energy is coming back is it we're going through this phase where it's going to be you to see the destruction um i, guess, I don't know I, I love watching space and learning about i love neil deGrasse tyson realizing how huge the universe is so i'm just wondering how we, we fall into this and how all these things will happen and if human beings will ever have the awareness or the sense that you we know, have come in contact with other species, and we have been able to travel the cosmos before we get completely wiped out.
0: I don't know, but if we do, I want to be the first in line.
1: Yep. <laughs> it's a, I don't know. I'd be a little afraid because, you know, it, every movie that they start out with it says, oh, you know, space is so good, and then they land on the, on the ship, on the planet, and then Aliens happens. That's why I, I saw Aliens. I was like, no, I'm, I'm going to stay on Earth for a little while. It's it's the evil <laughs> one
0: no, 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 there were lots of, I was, when I got back to my memories, uh, While I was in the afterlife, I got back the memories of every other physical life I'd ever lived. I was all kinds of creatures that we would call aliens, and many of them were quite wonderful.
1: They were nice? Were they good-looking? Were they like, a, could they, can you look at them in human eye and go, well, that's a pleasant way. They like all bug me with all the, the octopus, you know, things and, you know, teeth all over All
0: different kinds. All different kinds. Oh, goodness. <laughs> goodness. Goodness. The I... ones that I, this is specifically remember, weren't anything even remotely close to human-looking. Really? Really.
1: I look at some of the people in, in America and I'm like, you have to be aliens. You have to be aliens visited. There's no way. Nope, nope, no, it's a human. And so I get my hopes up, but then when I step up close, I don't know. That's pretty wild to get <laughs> t- a chance to see all the species. Uh, Samson, a of question we have for you is if there is one or two words that you think would be good to, for people to say on a regular basis that would kind of raise their spirits, kind of make them fill with love and gratitude and kind of start helping them manifest their lives in a very positive way. What would those two words be or maybe affirmation be? I am a source. That's awesome. See, simple, simple yet highly effective. Miss Nancy Dannison, great honor to have you with us today, Miss Nancy Dennison, Author, a spiritual author of four different books, Backwards Belief, Revealing the Eternal truths Sin, and Religions, Backwards Guidebook, Answers from the Afterlife. and last uh, one you had... One more you had. I had Backwards it,
0: right? Returning to Our Source for Answers. That's
1: right. And the upcoming book, We Are Creators, Powerful Beyond the Law of Attraction. You can learn more about Ms. Nancy Danison by going to her website at backwardsbooks.com. Ms. Danison, thank you so much for being with us today.
0: Thank you, Mr. McClory. <laughs> I enjoyed it.
1: Okay everyone, that concludes today's edition of the Outer Limits of Inner Truth Radio Show. Special thanks once again to our great guest, Miss Nancy Dannison, and special thanks as always to our virtues, Miss Carrie O'Connor, Miss Constance Dallas, and Miss Lisa Casa. To learn more about the Outer Limits of Inner Truth Radio show, please go to our website at outerlimitsradio.com. Till the next time we meet, my friends, wishing upon you an abundance of peace, love, and beers. Goldman McCormick PR also a specialist in website development, radio show creation, press conferences, media training, and so much more. Check out goldmanmccormick.com for more information. goldmanmccormick.com